Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of VCs Off the Record, a podcast for investors and startups alike, where we're having real talk with real investors. I'm your host, Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, co-founder of the early stage venture fund, The Walkstar Fund. And joining us today is my friend and an amazing investor, Stephanie Thomas, who is with the Impact America Fund. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, when we thought to put this podcast together, you were, I think, maybe like in the top two, three uh, people that immediately came to mind. Yeah, I was like, okay, I got to talk to her. She's going to have so much stuff to be able to tell our listeners. Um, Yeah, I mean, your name just popped up at the same time as the brainstorming session was happening. So listen, I know you and I love you, um, but I would love if you would share with the listeners a little bit of your background. Yeah, sure. It's like, it's always like, where do I start? So I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I, I look at myself as sort of a round the way girl. I grew up in um, Washington, D.C., born and raised and um, started out taking more of a traditional path uh, to business. I was a business major after graduating from college, uh, moving to New York City and doing the Wall Street thing. And I think it was at that point where I just you know, you know, at at some moment started to get a bit um, disillusioned about how things were operating and working in uh, the financial services industry and and just figuring out sort of how can I sort of get back to something that really was purposeful for me and and really meant a lot. And um, I'm actually a daughter of a serial entrepreneur. My father's a small business owner. So um, started really sort of connecting the dots between what I experienced as a kid with him building things and, and trying to make a way or future for our family. And what I had the privilege of doing is moving money around globally at a, at a large um, financial institution. And so that um, sprung up for me, uh, this notion of, of capital accessibility and what does that mean and the role I could play in more of a startup ecosystem. Um, long story short, uh, ended up um, navigating my way and, and, and running into a, a phenomenal, fierce businesswoman, Keisha Cash, who is actually our general partner and founder of Impact America. And at the time, she was, she was um, building... Um, what is now our firm. It's, it's crazy. Um, but I started with her in, in Fund One back in uh, 2015, and we've been rocking ever since. But yes, yeah, it's, it's been a sort of circuitous journey. Um, it's been an incredible learning experience, and it, it's really been one that's really been fascinating um, how we're able to think through uh, things through a business lens, but then also bring it back to what we believe is economic justice in terms of how can you support companies and founders that really care about communities of color and really want to leverage their business models to drive more um, sort of agency and, and economic opportunity for those folks. So, so that's sort of me and my journey and our fund in a nutshell. What do you think's made you successful? Cause you know, five years in this game is actually a long time in some ways, particularly for people of color like us. Look, I, you know, I look at, um, the work that I do is, is one, not work. You know, it's, it's, it's really something that I enjoy. I pour my, my heart and my passion into. Um, so I think that that helps, right, for the longevity. I think the other thing, too, is um, you always have to be very curious, you know, in this job. You have to want to continue to, to learn, explore, and adapt. And I've always 
sort of prided myself on being, you know, that, that curious person, not just curious about uh, sort of intellectual things and academic things uh, or topics, but really about people. You know, this is really people-driven business. And even if you ask Keisha, you know, she'll say, like, we, you know, we built this thing literally like one relationship at a time. Um, and so while things in general uh, sort of in the industry as a whole move very fast or can feel like they move very fast, there's also um, a great need to be very patient about uh, outcomes, about opportunities, and being prepared to seize them when they make themselves available. So for instance, you know, when we were raising for, for Fund One, um, you know, it was a marathon. You know, it wasn't like the headlines you read where, you know, you have a, a fund that closes on $150 million in capital, right, in, a, in you know, a month's time. Like, this was several months, um, you know, almost two years of, of really going out there telling our story. And we had people who, you know, we had talked to 12 months ago, you know, who circled back and said, hey, we're ready. Um, and at that time, we had to actually be ready, right, to, to move forward with a process where we could close on that additional capital. So I think, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, just chipping away bit by bit at the thing. Uh, I think it's pouring your heart into it and being aligned in terms of your passion. And, yeah. you know, most of it, again, is about people. It's, it's all about relationships. And so I think, you know, when you're able to combine those things, that, that brings that sort of sustainability um, that we at least hope to continue to have, you know, as we continue to grow and, and hopefully launch a, a fund three. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, hey, you said something about, you know, there's sort of this hurry up and wait mentality and there's a lot of trends mm -hmm. and technologies and things. How do you stay on top of trends? Yeah, that 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 uh, curiosity can 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 sometimes be uh, <laughs> be the thing that could, could could quite literally bring you down if you're not balancing that with being okay with not having all the information. Um, and that's a beautiful and fun thing about uh, venture. You you know, you're using information to make decisions, right? To to do analysis to evaluate a company and whether or not you want to invest. But at the end of the day, you can't really predict how things are going to play out. Um, and you have to be cool with leveraging what you have at hand, even if it's not full information. Um, yeah. And I think for me, with when it comes to trends, you know, it's a similar thing. I mean, trends are going to be trends, right? They come and go. Um, they can be distractions often. So honestly, it's almost impossible, I think, to stay on top of trends. You can't. Where do you get your information? From multiple sources. But, but I think, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not necessarily about um, you know, bringing the information and it's more about what do you do with that information once you have it. And, you know, when we're thinking through if we want to make an investment, you know, it's, it's really for us um, how we, con you know, contextualizing that information. For me in particular, it, it's all about, um, you know, where I sort of see things in the present moment. You know, I'm not, you know, for instance, you know, we know right now in this pandemic, that there's you know 40 million in in unemployment claims right so we know people are looking for work we know specifically for communities of color that you know there there's certain you know social barriers that a lot of our folks go through that make it hard for them to be employed or to stay employed and so you know i'm thinking about that constantly that's a present day issue right um, but i'm also connecting that to what i'm hearing from founders around the technologies they're building and i'm trying to connect the dots between how that technology can actually apply to this particular issue around 
um, what does work look like for people of color? And what does that look like going forward when we know, you know, we're going to clear this pandemic and there's going to a lot of be, be a lot of people out there who are going to need these systems to help bring them back into an ability to, to create a livelihood and earn money. So yeah. I don't call it a trend. I mean, I call it, you know, sort of connecting the dots on what's happening on the ground and leveraging my networks and resources to bring into the fold builders and innovators who can actually get things done and create solutions that can work for people today um, and, and make them sustainable enough for the future. So you said you're pre-series A. That's very early in the life cycle of a company. Where are you meeting these companies? Because they're probably not splashy all over Essence and Black Enterprise and ink covers, right? Yeah, I mean, so there are organizations, right, that support very early companies like your pre-seeds and seeds. So we tap into some of those. Um, others, you know, we... One or we, two, so our listeners know where they should be hanging out. If yeah, so I mean, like, a, like one that is... Um, Working with seed companies would be a big one, a prominent one is Techstars, you know, their network. So they, you know, they, that's an example, but there, there are others out there um, that we can work with. We also, you know, have our sort of co-investor network. So we think through who else is investing in companies at a similar stage as us. And, you know, if they have sort of similar thinking or interests around um, what they like to invest in, like let's work together, let's you know create syndicates, let's share deal flow. Um, we have you know just everyday you know people who know about us who will share you know send deals to us, um, yeah. you know folks in our personal network, you name it. So we we're pretty scrappy in that way. Um, we do have certain relationships that are formalized to get you know consistent uh, deal flow, but for the most part, um, you know we're we're just trying to tap into different. Um, avenues for accessing um, the latest, you know, new startup yeah. or founder that is 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 building something that we want to get in touch with before they're ready to raise, and then tracking them over several months. I mean, some of these companies will track for an entire year before we actually put money in. So that's how we've been we've been working it. Social media is is another new avenue um, for for connecting with founders directly, which is incredible. So. Yeah. You, so, you, you, your sources are everywhere. <laughs> no, but but it's true, right? They're everywhere. And so I guess for people that are looking to get to you, they can try you all sorts of ways, right? Like they can find you at conferences. They can find you on social media. They can find us, you know, me on our website. So we, we have a portal for people to just submit materials to us. They want us to take a look. So we try to be accessible. Yeah. Tell me this. What... What do you think the, the separates a company that you will invest in and one that you would say no to? Yeah, that's a great question. And for every company we say no to, there could be, you know, different reasons for that. I think it's probably easy to, to answer the question around, you know, what would be key things that we would say yes to. Um, for me personally, I always think about, um, founders who are constantly evolving their thinking okay um, that is very important um so understanding you know how they, they think through problems why they even decided to you know start building for a particular issue that they're solving for you know sort of getting and getting a good understanding of, of how they think and what their mentality set is i think is is incredibly important 
because you have to know who you're dealing with, right? And and this is a real partnership. So you so you wanna and you're gonna be working together. So you wanna understand that. Yeah. How often are you interacting with them? In terms of like through the diligence process or just in general? Yeah. To getting how how often are you interacting with startups before you get to a yes? Would you say on average? Oh, these are good questions. <laughs> so again, we we like to track. Um, so usually we'll have a, a few different touch points, right? So it's not just, it's rare that we're investing in a company that is through like a cold email. Cold means not just that it, it, it landed in my inbox, but there's no other, you know, connection point to the founder or the, or the company itself. So they didn't go through an accelerator program or something that I'm familiar with. They're not connected to, uh, you know, somebody in our network who, you know, may have worked with them or, or, or am aware of them. Etc. So usually, if if you know if somebody is is that cold, um, you know we'll we'll engage with them. Maybe it's the first conversation is you know a phone call, right, um, where we're learning more, getting deeper with them, and then we'll start getting regular updates on you know what's happening. We're starting to understand like what their pace is in terms of of their progress, how they're building the company. You know if they're even reaching out to us and saying, hey, I don't, I'm not raising money right now. I don't want money from you. I just want to tap your brain. I just want to, you know, tap some resources and, and, and see if we can catch a vibe. Um, so building a relationship organically like that is, is preferable to me at least. And I think it, over the longer term, it makes the relationship more um, stronger and, and robust, sort of speak. Because it's not a matter of if you're going to run into a conflict, you know, as a founder with your investors. Um, it's when, right? And, and when that happens, how do you navigate and manage through that? So, um, so yeah, that's how we, we engage with founders. We really want to build that relationship with them first before we actually make the investment. And like I said, sometimes that'll be a year's time. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you walking people through that because, and I'm guilty of it too, right? I think we all are. Where we're, you know, we're in the middle of raising and, you know, it's stressful and you want to get it done and you put all of your hopes and dreams in that meeting and thinking it's going to go well and they're going to love you and they're going to write a check. And then you just have to remind yourself that, you know, it's a process and it's about a relationship. And so I'm glad you shared that with people because, you know, we do get in our own heads and want to hopefully get the check quickly as opposed to build the relationship. So I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. And I just did want to circle back because I think this is so important around you know, how you look at companies and opportunities and everybody's different, right? But you, well, one, whatever that criteria is, you know, have it and continue to leverage it. You know, decision-making too about these investments is about having a certain discipline around how you make decisions because the decision itself, you know, that's not something you can necessarily control in terms of the outcomes of that company once you invest. I mean, there's so many variables. You try, you work with a company, you hope for the best, but that's out of your control. What you can control is the process for coming to your decision about whether to invest. And for me, you know, it starts with the founder. You know, can they be vulnerable? You know, are they folks who who have a purpose-driven way of building something? Because you want them to be committed to this. It's a long journey. And, um, and with these companies, they're always evolving. So you have to be ready to um, roll up your sleeves and work with them. And so one last thing, too, that I think is important is, um, you know, can you work with this team? And in what way are you specifically thinking you're, you're going to be able to add value? 
because because the, the company is, is going to be needing that beyond just the cash. Why are VCs? Why are you so busy? What are you guys doing all day? Let us into your world. Diligence is heavy lift. If you're if you're a good VC, you know, you're, you're doing your work. You're analyzing the company, the team, the opportunity, et cetera. That takes time. Um, it also involves other people, right? Uh, so, you know, that can be, you know, a big piece of it. The other thing, um, you know, if you look at my inbox, you'd be like, your, your eyes would, would, you know, bug out because it's, it's, uh, it's all people, you know, it's, it's a truly people business. Are you good about getting back to people? Look, I don't, I don't know. You have to ask the people. I, <laughs> that's always something I can be better at. I'll be honest, but, uh, yeah, some people I, I probably haven't gotten back to. And I, I apologize to you guys if I haven't. But, it, you know, it, it's... <laughs> you know what? Uh, and, I, and I'm not going to take the high road or, like, you know, paint myself as an angel. But I got it beat into me years ago when I was in Silicon Valley and I was doing media and communication. And it was because of a boss that I had on the media side. And she said, you never know if that phone call is going to be the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal calling. So you have to return every phone call, every email. Um, so it, it was beat into me years ago. Um, and so for me, like if I go more than 48 hours without returning a call or an email, I, it's just like I get agita. Like I, I start to like break out in hives. Um, but then, you know, some days I... <laughs> some days I put some cream on and the hives go away. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel you on that. Uh, you know, you never know where opportunity is going to crop up, and we we definitely value getting back to founders, especially we you know they put in some work or some action to you know provide some information to us. Like, let's have respect and you know value their time too, and at least communicate to them that this isn't a fit for us. You know, we're gonna move on but um we respect you know that you spent this time to share this with us um, but at the end of the day you can't you know at some point it, it's so hard to to be able to respond to everybody um, and so you have to be better at managing your inbox but also managing communications and there's some ways to automate etc um but yeah when you have a when you have some money uh that you can invest you know, you become the popular kid, right? And, and folks are coming out of woodwork. You, you get real you know, pretty real quick, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> well, you know, here's something about what you're saying that I hope people take away is because you're so darn busy, it behooves the people that are approaching you for money or advice or relationship to really have done a lot of the homework for you. And so they should know better their market, who the competitors are, what multiples look like, what CAC looks like, right? You know, like how much it costs to acquire c customers, right? What the trends are, what's the latest technology, right? Like they need to be able to come to you with that because you're going to be so busy. You can't be a domain expert in every single facet of different sectors. So um, I hope people in listening to this Remember how busy you are and that part of their job is to help get you smarter on what it is they're building and what their company is about. Absolutely. And if they really want it, you know, they'll do that, that work, right? To yeah. get the attention they need to get the funding and the resources. What does it take to be an investor? 
So when people talk about VC, they always think about the, you know, the check cutting piece of it, the actual investing part. That's just the first piece. The, the real meat of it is portfolio management. You got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get in with your companies and you got to be real with your companies. Tell them, you know, what they need to be doing now, how they need to be planning for later, um, how they need to show up in various, you know, situations and scenarios, whether it's, you know, at a board meeting or whether it's in front of a potential investor as they're pitching um, for new money. There has to be trust there that's brokered. And as a VC, you, ha you have to know how to, to develop that, that trusting relationship. Um, so so it's, it's those type of things that I think we don't talk about a lot. Like what, is, what goes into, you know, supporting your actual companies once you've invested in them. And then also what happens, you know, at the, at the end, at the exit with the M&A side of it. You know, how do you prepare founders for that day, you know, if it comes, right? How are you managing, you know, inquiries about acquisition? You know, how do you manage, you know, what you think the value of the company is versus what people are willing to pay for it? And at what point do you sort of say, look, I want to go ahead and, and make this exit happen or say, scrap that. I'm going to keep going for another couple of years and continue to grow the business. So, so those are, you know, and those are just a couple of things, right? There's way more to talk about there. But I'd love for us to just get deeper into that in terms of if you're really thinking about coming into venture, these are things you need to be prepared for. And these are things you need to know. You're right. I think it's a lot of work to come into this space. It's a lot of work to build a fund. And there's just, you know, and, and people see the sort of those cover stories, right? Black Enterprise and so-and-so's got a 40 million fund and a 20 million fund. And, but they don't see that work that you're talking about. Tell me this. You guys are, I mean, I, I would say you guys in some ways are OGs in this business. You've seen a lot of fun. No, no, I mean, you're young and cute. I'm not saying yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. But that you guys title. are OGs, right? You guys have seen a lot of funds. You've seen a lot of deals. Uh, who do you think's getting it right on the VC side when it comes to diversity and inclusion? When you say diversity and inclusion, what do you mean exactly? I mean, <laughs> like, either from the deals they do, where they show up, and what parts of the ecosystem, whether in terms of who they're hiring? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if I should call out any names because I yeah. feel like I, I You're not saying, that... I didn't ask you who's doing a shitty job. I just said, like, who's someone who's doing it well? <laughs> right, you can name a lot of those. <laughs> besides no, yourself, about... besides us, who else is doing it well? <laughs> I think, you know, when I look at the Black VC ecosystem, I'm just so inspired constantly by every every partner, every GP that is out there hustling, that is, you know, sharp as a whip, that that is a go-getter, that is going out and 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 trying to prove, you know, that there is opportunity that has been overlooked for too long. And I can say, you know, certain people are doing it better than others, but honestly, you know, certain people have, you know, more advantages or privileges than others. It's yeah. damn hard to raise a fund. It's damn hard to, you know, continue to, to, to try to, you know, sort of set up a shop that can, can go on for several years, right, and, and raise capital. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. So 
Um, yeah. Before we get into like who's doing it well, we, I just want to make sure that we're out here, you know. And I think even from a diversity, no bad eggs. Listen, that you can't have bad eggs in the mix. Well, that's true. But, but, <laughs> but, I mean, but like, no, but seriously, like, who would you say is an inspiration? Who would you, you know, you would go to for advice? Like, I'll name some. I I love the the folks over at Six Forty Five Ventures. I think they're doing some really yeah. investing. Aaron, I think those they're guys just are awesome. Good those people. are and the, and those are yeah. Aaron's definitely a a guy I look to as a as a mentor for sure. Yeah. Um. Who else? Like who who else is just good people? I really appreciate at least you know especially from a sort of diversity go getter lens. Um. What the Harlem Capital guys are doing, just putting it out there to. To say where are you know, like where are the entrepreneurs of color right and and let's yeah. let's find them let's talk to them let's actually track this data, um, you know that's pretty cool, um, you know there, folks that you know we we talk to that we're inspired by who are not even in our you know our asset class, um, you know we're you know really thinking about um, you know partners who are in some of these foundations that are managing a ton of money you know that have insight that, you know, can speak to sort of how to really sort of move bigger pools of, of capital. I mean, we're a small shop, so we're, you know, we're still learning a lot and experimenting, but we're talking about to people too, who, who already have um, in, like real institutional capital that we can learn from. Yeah, so. I think that's right. And the beautiful thing is that I found, you know, cause listen, I was on the, the uh, investment banking side years ago and very competitive. But on the venture side, there is some camaraderie in there. There is some, you know, collaboration that takes place that I love. And, and uh, I hope others see that as well. Um, tell me this. Uh, you know, we kind of give startups a template for what their deck should look like and what they should pitch when they go into pitch competitions. Anything in there, any do's or don'ts for you when people are pitching or you're at these competitions and you're a judge at a pitch competition? Any do's or don'ts for our listeners? I think when you're, when you're trying to pitch, definitely keep it simple. Um, you know, oftentimes you see presentations where it's too wordy or, you know, a lot of text on slides, et cetera. I think the quicker you can sort of get to the to the meat of the thing, I think the sort of more palatable it becomes for investors and folks who are looking at your materials and also just trying to quickly understand what, you know, what you're doing. Um, don't be afraid to put your story out there. Don't be afraid to to tell that narrative. I think it's very important. People people invest, you know, based on their heartstrings being pulled, to be honest. Um, they, they like to say, oh, I, you know, I thought through it and, you know, it was an analytical decision. But a lot of times it's, it's really matters of the heart. <laughs> and if you can sell somebody on, on that vision. Um, I think, you know, confidence is a big one in general. You know, it's, it's not about, you know, gender, race or anything like that. Like show up with conviction. Um, so like another, you know, to your point about other investors, we like, I, I appreciate Charles Hudson from Precursor who, who really um, looks for founders who have strong conviction. They make it very compelling um, in terms of, you know, how they're pitching their business, but then they also have this way of balancing that with 
being open to new ideas and feedback and, and being coachable. So you want to be kind of like a badass of like, yeah, I know something, you know, that not too many people know, and I'm going to use that as my edge to build something incredible. But at the same time, you got to be humble, right? And you also have to know that you can't do it on your own and you're going to need people around you to make it happen. And so how do you convey coachability and, and openness to feedback and, and wanting to bring more people into the fold of, of what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I love that. Great way to end. A um, couple of uh, wrap-up questions for you. The best book or resource that you want to share? I'll share a resource that a lot of people don't tap into, but I think is incredibly helpful, especially for founders. Um, Cooley Go. So Cooley Law Firm, uh, you know, love working with those guys. They're, um, you know, a law firm dedicated to GPs and, and, and startup founders from a legal side. Their website, Cooley Go, is the sort of best, I would say, um, comprehensive legal guide that you can find online as it relates to, you know, being a startup founder, entering to, you know, into contracts and, and how to understand the terms of a deal, your cap table, et cetera. Um, so that is one I would highly recommend. Wonderful. Thank you. We'll be sure to put that on our uh, recap page on our website. Um, and also, uh, if you allow us, we'll put a link to you guys as well so that everyone knows how to get a hold of Impact America Fund. Now for our speed round. No thinking, no explaining. Which Kardashian do you like best? Chloe. Love and hip hop, <laughs> real housewives, or basketball wives? Basketball wives. Law and order or CSI? Ooh, I have to stay loyal to uh, law and order, SVU. Love it. Okay, Michelle or Barack? Michelle. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to put the Essence Festival. Oh my gosh. I it love was... it. I love it. Y'all gonna get very mad at me though. I gotta be careful here. Uh Serena or Venus? Serena. All right, two more. Shonda Rhimes or Issa Ray? I'll go with Issa. Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson? I'm gonna say Jordan. I'm gonna give Jordan the edge. For the sneakers. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. Now listen, one day we're going to all get back to some new normal and we're going to have some parties and dinner parties. I'm going to have some potlucks. What would you bring to my potluck? Hmm, depends. I have a, a I have a good uh, punchable cake that I make that people love. Um, so that's on the dessert side, but I could also bring uh, my, my lasagna. We'll take them both. Okay, so I'm going to put you down for dessert <laughs> and a lasagna. And main entree. Yes. Okay, and then who would you bring as your plus one? Depends on when we have this thing, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> I bring a best friend. Okay, and we, will leave, we, we will leave it there. We will leave it there. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. I just smile inside every time I get to hang out with you. You guys are doing some great work at Impact America Fund. You're putting some meaningful, serious dollars into startups. And, you know, when I asked you who you thought was doing VC uh, well, um, I knew my answer. And it's uh, you and Keisha and Impact America Fund. 
Thank you. That means so much to me and um, really appreciate you giving me this time to just share what we're doing and, and talk a little bit more about myself and, and how I invest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. No, this is only going to make us and all the startups that are watching just better and better in the spaces we uh, fill. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on VCs Off the Record with Stephanie Thomas of the Impact America Fund. Wow, what a great resource Stephanie is. She has so many good tidbits and pieces of advice for all of us. But just a couple I want to leave you with. If you're a founder or an investor, remember to be patient. This is a marathon and not a sprint, so don't be afraid to let this take time. Building strength and trust in your relationship is going to take a while, so trust the process. If you're an investor, remember investing is portfolio management. You must be willing to get dirty and get in the trenches with your founders. Be willing to coach them and help them along the way. And know your criteria for a good investment and have a strong discipline around that criteria. Don't budge. If you're an entrepreneur, be curious and coachable. Be willing to learn, adapt, and grow as you embark in this industry. And don't be afraid to tell your story. Show up with conviction. After all, we're investing in you and we want to hear what you're all about. So much more. We'll have to have Stephanie back for another episode. But in the meantime, be sure to check out our website for the resources she mentioned. And also check out the Impact America Fund. If you're an investor or an entrepreneur, it's a great place to get started. Thank you. And don't forget to share, subscribe for VCs off the record. Have a great one.